were listening to that prayer. Wait, there's some things missing, right? There are some things missing, some phrases that were missing, all right? And we shared last week, Matthew teaches a more fuller version of that. Luke has this more shorter version. There were two different times that Jesus taught that prayer. One was to the masses, another one was to these, this, his disciples, all right? And basically what he's telling us, look, it's not a repeat after me prayer. I'm kind of giving you these, these essentials that you need to be praying about. So anyways, <clears throat> after he shares that prayer, he says, and, and he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lead, lend me three loaves. Let me borrow some bread, all right? Middle of the night, all right? And you know when somebody comes knocking at your door in the middle of the night, what do you do? Shh, shh, right? Don't move. Don't talk. They'll know we're awake, right? Don't even say nothing. Oh, man, you don't want to get, who's there? You know what I mean? If somebody blows it. Anyways, this is what happens, right? He says, would you have a friend? He says, man, loan me some bread. For a friend of mine had got here, arrived on a journey, and I got nothing to put in front of him. All right? He says, and he says that guy will answer from within. He'll say, don't bother me. The door's shut. My children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. Remember, he's talking about prayer, all right? And he says, I tell you, though he will not give a, get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise. Because of his, his, his just disrespectful uh, persistence, he'll rise up and give him whatever he needs. Now, he tells us this story, I believe, for, for a couple of things. Number one, he begins to show us how God is not. He wants to kind of contrast who God is not. God is not angry with you because you keep trying to talk to him. God is not like, are you serious, man? Will you shut up? He's not trying to shut you up. God is not saying, here, here. He's not like Bruce Almighty, yes, 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 hitting all the yes buttons for all your prayers. He's not trying to get rid of you. God loves you, and he loves to hear your voice, and he loves to hear you speak to him. And I will challenge you. He wants to hear every one of you pray. But I will, the challenge is the, the first prayer that God wants to hear from every human being on the planet, the very first prayer that he is waiting to hear. People are trying to pray all kinds of prayers before that first prayer. And I guarantee you, the first prayer that God wants to hear every human being pray is thank you for the cross and for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm yours. That is the first prayer he wants to hear every one of us pray. And he wants to continue hear that thankfulness and that prayer. From that point on, I guarantee you he is even more attentive to your prayers. So what I'm saying is, he's, he, what he's saying here, Jesus is saying is like, God is not this guy, all right? But we are many times that guy knocking on the door, right? Many times this is how we pray. A lot of times we think that, that God is not trying to hear us right now, so we just got to talk louder, more, more, say it again and again and again, and we just keep knocking, all right? And, and, and Jesus is saying, look at man, that, you know, that, 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 that is us, and that is all right. He's not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I want to challenge you a little bit, man, because a lot of us are thinking that God is not even trying to hear us right now, so we're going to keep on talking, all right? And some of us will dig in at that point, and other people will walk away. You know, he ain't even trying to hear me, man. You know what? I'm out. But some of us will dig in. I think it's very, very important for us to, to dig in a little deeper when we're praying in this area. Personally, I dig in when, I'm, when I know that I'm asking God for something again and I'm asking him more and more. I start digging in more and more because I want to make sure I'm not talking to myself again. I want to make sure that I'm not just talking about stuff, that I'm just throwing stuff out there that doesn't mean anything. Do you ever have somebody talk to you? You ever have somebody talk to you and they don't have a clue what they're talking about? And they don't even know why they're talking to you? You ever have that happen? 
And somebody's just talking, and the stuff's just falling out of their mouth. They're just trying to fill the air. It's like, this person just needs to talk all the time. You're looking at me going, yeah, that sounds like you, bro. All right, anyways, so, okay, maybe you're right. But, but like sometimes you feel like this guy, or this one, whatever the case may be, they're just continually talking to you. And you're just like, man, why are you even talking? And you're like, wait, what? Or, or you ever have somebody try to tell you foul jokes and dirty jokes, right? And you're just like, man, you kind of give that courtesy laugh because you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know what I mean? And you're like, uh-huh, you know what I mean? And I, don't, I got tired of that a long time ago, about, actually about 27 years ago. I was sitting at a mechanic's table. I was, a, I was a full-time mechanic, and a lot of us, we have a break table. We come and we have break and stuff like that. These guys start telling these jokes, man. I'm, I'm not saying that's what all mechanics are. I was just saying that's what happened when I was doing this. These guys start telling these jokes, and I got tired of the courtesy laughs because I didn't mean it. And I ain't even trying to hear that stuff anymore. All right? And so I'm thinking, well, how can I get these guys to shut up? And so I started telling them, hey, man, can you say that again? What? And they tell the joke and they kind of have the point. I go, what? And, like, <laughs> and they say it again, right? And I'll like, be like, okay, man, what? And they're like, I guess, yeah, it ain't freaking funny anymore, is it? All right? Ah, sorry for saying that. Freaking. All right? Um, <laughs> It's not funny anymore, right? I, I don't actually say that, but you'll find out that they discover that it's just not funny anymore. And I tell you what, it works way better than punching somebody in the throat, all right? It just does. You know what I mean? Don't be talking to me like that. Bam. Anyways, okay, but here's what I believe, is that when I let God, when I, when I pray into that, that continual prayer, and I'm like, man, am I even talking? Am I even saying the right things, God? Am I even coming at you in the right direction? Is this what you're thinking? I, I start to allow, let God invade my prayer. I start to allow God to invade the prayer in a way that he starts to lead the prayer. And when God, and when, you know, because, you know what, when I let God lead, my prayers, all right, they, they end way different than when they started. You ever notice that? When you allow God to lead your prayers, they might end way different than when they started. A lot of times when I begin uh, a prayer, a lot of times I'm talking about me, the way I want things, my will, my kingdom. Man, God, if I was in charge, I know you've probably been on vacation for a while because you're taking care of some stuff way over there. All right, but you know what? Come back over here. Let me just kind of fill you in what's taking place. Here's how I would handle it. So could you get on that right away? All right, when I recognize, I start praying like that. All right, and I allow God to invade my prayers. Then he begins to lead me in those prayers. And then I end up praying into his will, into his sovereignty, into his glory, because I'm his. Imagine, you know, and many of you do this already, all right? When you may start with prayer or your will, your kingdom, and you start praying, and God invades your prayers, and you start allowing him to invade them in a way that he starts leading you to speak into his glory, into his kingdom, and into his sovereignty, and his will, because you're his. Amen. And it's a great way to go into the prayer. And then what actually is crazy because he actually guides me to his will by his Holy Spirit. And we're going to blow this up in a minute here. All right? By his Holy Spirit. And then he, Jesus goes on. And this is the part that a lot of people want to just kind of cut this part out and take this with me, and I'll put this on my dashboard, I'll put this on my mirror. These two little verses right here, we always try to take them out of the context to which Jesus tried to give them to us, right? And here's what takes place. In 11, chapter 11, verse 9, I tell you, and I tell you, ask, and it'll be given to you. We kind of like that, right? And seek, and you're going to find it. Knock, and it's going to be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. 
and the one who knocks it will be open. He's talking about this continually asking, continually seeking, and continually knocking. And what Jesus is encouraging, because he's always given us the prayer to ask about and to seek about. Remember the, our father, he, he's already given us the prayer to ask, to seek, and to knock about. And what he's encouraging us with is a continual daily habit of prayer. And when I pray into that, into that realm, all right, I don't just pick and choose piece, pieces out of the Bible, but I, but I kind of go with the whole view of what God has given me here. I start to pray, and that prayer challenges me personally, all right, to the sovereignty of God and not the sovereignty of my requests. Because a lot of times we approach God with a sovereignty. Like, these requests are sovereign. This is right. This is the right thing to do. And many times, man, they are really, really right. But God is more right. And I don't know how to explain that sometimes because sometimes it's really hard to explain or really hard to share in circumstances that are really hard. But I know this. If you're only asking for your way, if you're only seeking for your benefit, if you're only knocking on your own door, then you're only gonna find you. I don't know if anybody told you this. You are a poor savior. Me too. All right? But if I daily pray for his kingdom, man, and if I continue to daily desire to pursue, to know his will, then I will ask and I will hear his will. I will seek and I will find his will. I will knock and be invited into his will because his will is way better, man. It's way better. This is the context of which that asking, seeking, and knocking is given to us. So when again, when we pray to God and led by the Spirit, uh, to led by the Spirit to, of God, our prayers are the will of God. When we pray to God, led by the Spirit of God, our prayers are the will of God. And then he goes into something even crazier. He says, well, what father among you? If a son asks for a fish, instead of a fish, you give him a serpent. Anybody ever done that? Hey, Dad, I want some fish. Hold on. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> all right, you want to traumatize your kid for life? All right, knock that one out, all right? Or if you ask for an egg, give him a scorpion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who, who does that? Well, what's crazy is I recognize this is when I see this, I realize that, that, that we complain. We have, and we've all complained against God for not, for not hitting the, the prayer or answering the prayer the way that we want it to be answered, for not giving us what we want, the same way that our kids do it when we, or we have done it with our parents when we didn't get what we want or when they didn't get what they want. All right? A lot of times, you know, we recognize what's best for our kid, right? And sometimes, even though our kid's asking for something that's really good, there's been times where we'll say that, you know what, man, it's just not good right now. All right? Or sometimes it's really good, but it's just not good for the whole family. Or sometimes it's something really good, but it's just not good for the bigger picture. And if we're good parents, man, even though they get mad, we're going to stand our ground in that because it's for their benefit. It's, 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 the, it's for the whole family and it's for their benefit. All right? And, and sometimes they can't see it. God's family requires way more oversight than ours. And his plans are way greater than ours. And I know sometimes this is hard to deal with, man, but he knows much more to the story than we are even thinking to consider. You see, God has eternity in mind. 
and we have the day in front of us. God has eternity in mind, this life and the life beyond and the life after. And we got today, man, we're just trying to get through today. Now, some of you are planners, all right? Some of you are like, today? I got the whole year planned out. Get ready to get disappointed, all right? All right, so, you know, because that happens, all right? We've learned that. People have been planning these past couple of years and just didn't work out the way we wanted. All right, so anyways, God has eternity in mind, and we don't, man, and we don't see things the way he sees but he calls us to trust him. And then he says something crazy. He says, if, then, if, if you then who are evil, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It kind of throws off. I mean, first of all, he's not calling, saying everybody's evil. He's saying, you know, in a you know, in, in, in reference to God, you know, guess what? You're, we all fall really, really short. And this is before the blood of Christ. This is before the cross. Now we have the, 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 the blood of Christ and we, have, we, and we don't fall short without, with, with the blood of Christ because actually we, he's our representative and we recognize that, that Christ brings us before God and we don't fall short at all because he sees Jesus, all right? But, but he, you know, it's crazy how he goes and he kind of ends this prayer with something they weren't even asking about. He says, man, they, they, remember they said, hey, teach us to pray. So he says, all right. He kind of gave us this, this, these prayer essentials, these necessary things that, that, that encompass all of life, that everything in life could, could, could find its way in that prayer or, you know, so we can pray from that prayer and keep praying. We don't have to just pray that, but we can keep praying from that. And then he gives us a couple of practical examples of, of us pursuing God and continuing to pursue God. And then, he kind of, and then he kind of shares, you know, the, the, the role of a, you know, of, of a good father, as he is a good father. And then he, he says, well, of course, if you ask the Holy Spirit, he's going to give it to you. And I wonder how many of the guys are saying, well, that's not even what I was asking you. Why would he share that? Why would he, why would he end it with, you know, uh, if anyone asks the Holy Spirit, he, you know, he'll give it to him. And when I, when I recognize this, I recognize that he's already told us of the essentials approaching with our relationship with him, our father, his sovereignty, hallowed be your name, all right? His kingdom, all right? His kingdom come, all right? Our, our daily needs and our daily requirement to be able to, to, to come before him, our daily need to come before him and ask him for those daily needs, all right? His forgiveness, the one that Jesus would actually answer later on on the cross, our forgiveness of others and leading us from temptation. He's already given us these essentials and what is crazy Crazy is where he's leading us to at the end of this little area here. He's leading us to, is, is that the answer to the prayer, he, you know, that he gives us to pray, the answer to the prayer for all those essentials he, he gives us to pray is his Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit of God, because he is the one, all right, who teaches us about God the Father and about the sovereignty of God through the Word of God. He is the one who empowers kingdom work in you, all right, and from you. And through you, he is the one who empowers the kingdom work around you. He's the one who leads you, man, to the daily needs. He's the one who challenges other kingdom people to help supply those needs. He's the one who challenges you and leads you to supply those needs for those who are hurting. He's the one who provided you with that, with, with, the, with, with the risen Jesus Christ from the grave, all right, to forgive those sins. He's the one who gives you the power to forgive those you feel you cannot forgive, and he is the the one who leads you from all of temptation. Here's what I know, man. His Holy Spirit changes everything. 
everything. Yeah, I can tell you this because I know this, man. My life before, people say, well, I got Jesus, what do I need his spirit for? Check this out. Jesus left to give you his spirit. That's a crazy thing. Ask him when you get there, he's going to look at you real weird. Anyways, I, I lived a long life, man, of just, just ugliness and licentiousness and morality and just craziness and just didn't care and pride and arrogance. And I didn't think I could ever stop. I just thought, this is, I'm going to die like this, man. I'm just going to die like this. And I, I, I convinced myself that I was okay with it. And the crazy thing, in the middle of all that, man, I, I didn't want to stop. But I wanted to want to stop. I didn't want to stop. But I wanted to want to stop. And I remember, man, just coming before God and saying, I believe that you died and rose again, and I want you to be the king and Lord of my life. And he gave me his Holy Spirit, and his Holy Spirit entered my life and fixed my wanter. Do you understand? And that's what he did. And I'm not special again. I'm just a guy with the biggest mouth. That's why I'm up here. But right, he is, he, is that, he is that Holy Spirit that wants to come into your life and fix and change and challenge your wanter for a better wanter. His Holy Spirit is what does that. And here's what I know, man. In order for me to live a kingdom life, I need to be filled with the spirit of the king. In order for you to live a kingdom life, you need to be filled with the spirit of the king. And this is where it gets crazy. I'm going to kind of shift gears in this sermon a little bit. But boy, this is where Jesus did in that, at the end of that verse. He shifted gears. Here's his prayer. Ask for the Holy Spirit. What? All right. Focus on who you're praying to and rather than what you're praying about. He's got all of this. Ask for his Holy Spirit because this is the answer. All right. This is where it's going to get crazy, right? But I want to challenge you to something huge. When we give our life to Christ, the scriptures teach us, the Holy Spirit has taught us, God has given us, and Jesus paved the way. When we give our lives to Jesus, he gives us his Holy Spirit. We receive his Holy Spirit. Every man, woman who gives his life, their life to Christ receives the spirit of the living God. And you can either live in the spirit of the living God and allow him to empower your life to an amazing life that you've never dreamed of. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge you that here in a minute. Or you can quench the spirit. You can have the spirit of God, but just kind of just quench him. Quench him. In other words, you cannot let him lead. You cannot let him, you can choose to not let him lead. Well, I got a question for us. This is crazy. If we have God's Holy Spirit living in us, shouldn't there be something different about us? If we have, if every, if every person, if we've given our life to Christ, man, then we have God's Holy Spirit living within us, shouldn't there be something different about us? Shouldn't there be something different and not something that we can manufacture and we can create and say, look, I am different. See, I'm not, I'm not the same anymore. I'm different. You know what I mean? It's not something that we can do. It's something that he does from the inside and it affects the outside, all right? But it is a catalyst on the inside because that's where he comes inside of you. He come, you know, if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, shouldn't there be something different about us? And you're like, how do you know? That? So check this out. Romans chapter eight gives, you know, there's all kinds of scriptures. And in a couple of weeks, we're gonna blow this up. Spirit, you know, living in the spirit of God. We're gonna blow this up in two weeks, man. So you need to stick around, all right? But you just some kind of, we're, 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 some scriptures that kind of lead us to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, if the spirit of God, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, say dwells. Dwells. Say dwells. Dwells. 
Thank you. All right, if the spirit of the living God all right, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised, check this out, he who raised Christ from the grave, from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies. Not, you know, and through his spirit who dwells in you, give life to your mortal bodies. Now, you know, a lot of us are saying, you know, we, we all agree with that when we're there and we're with him, we're going to be all in the spirit. It's going to be pretty amazing. No, he gives life to your mortal bodies, your right now body, your right now life, so it can be amazing right now. Amazing right now. What does it look like to be filled with the spirit of the living God? It was what's crazy. We all know what it looks like to be demon-possessed, right? We got movies about that. We got a lot of movies like, whoa, man, that, something going on inside there, right? right? It was something crazy. But what does it look like to be spirit-filled? To be filled with the spirit of God. Let me tell you this. If God, okay, I can't stand basketball. Sorry for you basketball people. I, I really got no use for it. You know what I mean? Um, it's a lot of squeaking. I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff going on, right? All right. I got not a lot of use for it, all right? But, uh, and I, I'm no good at it. I'm just terrible at basketball. That's probably why I don't like it very much. All right, I got no use for basketball. But if the Holy Spirit came in to people to make them better basketball players, what would you expect to see from me with a basketball? Hmm? <laughs> all right? You see some stuff, right? I mean, I mean you know, I'd be the first squeakless basketball player. You know what I mean? All right, for sure. But you would expect, this is my point, you would expect to see something different, right? Because I got the spirit of the living God, the creator of the universe in me to play basketball. What about our life? If we have God's Holy Spirit living in us, shouldn't there be something different about us? Too often I look into the, into the lives of people, and I've done this too, man, and, and it's like sometimes things don't look that different from people without the Spirit of God. Sometimes things just don't look that different. And you've seen it. Sometimes in other people, sometimes in the mirror. What about that? How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Look at, look at Jesus, what Paul says about praying. He says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. When we know that we're weak, he strengthens us. We don't know what to pray for uh, as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us, intercedes for us for, with groanings too deep for words. And what's crazy is the more I pray, the more I recognize his voice leading me to pray. So what does it look like? And we have other scriptures in Galatians chapter 5 that, that talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, people talk, it's not fruits, it's fruit, uh, fruit of the Spirit, a lot of people say, well, there it is. It just looks like this, all right? Oh, well, it looks like, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is kindness, is goodness, is faithfulness, is gentleness, is self-control. Against such there is no law. But here's the craziness, man. Here's the crazy thing. I know some people who do not know the Lord, professionally don't know the Lord, and they're good people. They, they, seem, they seem pretty nice. You know, there's a lot of goodness going on. I know that they love me, and there's some joy, and I see, I see peace in their life and patience and stuff like that. So what is the difference? Those of us who have the Spirit of the Lord, that is amplified in our lives. It's, it takes on a crazy level. We look like freaks, you know what I mean? Because of how we're consumed with, with love. 
And what's crazy is we don't choose the love. You know, we don't just choose the love. The Spirit of the Lord leads us to love choices that are better love choices than we've ever, we ever dreamed of. He leads us to joy that we recognize is not circumstantial, but is eternal. He leads us into a peace that only he can provide and that we don't have to create. He leads us to be patient knowing that we waiting on the Lord doesn't just sitting around looking at my clock that puts on the waiters and I wait on the Lord as I, as, 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 as I wait on the Lord. He helps us recognize, all right, that, that the goodness, that goodness is, is his goodness is not just my goodness and that faithfulness is a continual 24-7, all right, loyalty, all right, that lives its life out and that gentleness precedes all these things. And those areas that we feel we have no control, he gives us the strength of self-control. These things are amplified into almost a ridiculous degree. I was reading a book a while back. I just started rereading it again, looking at his stuff. Um, it's called The Forgotten God. It's by a guy, Francis Chan, a great pastor and great man of God, I believe. And I know a man, I got to actually get him in a headlock and get him a noogie one time, but I didn't know who he was. So, <laughs> so don't do that to people you don't know who they are because later on you'll see that they write books and stuff. And it's crazy. But anyways, he writes this book and he was talking about, one time he was just kind of hanging out in his, in his living room and he was just pondering this thought and he thought he'd ask his wife this question. And I'm going to ask you the same question. All right? Have you ever wondered what caterpillars think about? Have you ever wondered what caterpillars think about? Anybody? Some of you are going, uh, yeah. <laughs> like just yesterday, I was wondering what caterpillars were thinking about. All right? Oh, of course, a lot of us are not thinking about that, but, but imagine, all right, the confusion going on in a caterpillar's mind. All right? For one day, it's just cruising around, it's got all these legs, and it's eating leaves, all right? All day, eating leaves. And then, you know, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm pretty full on leaves. It decides to take a nap, and it crashes out for a really long time. Longer than normal, it just crashes out. And then it wakes up and it's stuck inside a freaked out, you know, sleeping bag, and it can't get out, and it's starting to push. And as is pushing out. It's noticing that his legs aren't tiny anymore. They're actually long. And, they're, and they're, he's like, going, whoa, wait a second. And his body is more long and lean. And he comes out and he has these, whoa, these wicked looking, cruel looking things. And he, he does this. And next thing you know, he's flying in the air. I would freak anybody out. Would that freak you out if that happened to you? Right? Imagine the confusion of all that. But shouldn't we be tripping even more? to a thought life, to an emotional life, to a physical life that has changed because the spirit of the living God has come inside of us and changed the way we think, changed the way we, we love, changed the way we feel, changed the way we live and approach life. Shouldn't we be freaking out anymore? change the way that we engage with pain and suffering knowing that we're not alone ever again you see we have a hard time receiving these things because we have a hard time believing these things we have a hard time believing these things because we're not really trying to hear these things man because they're kind of out there but yet we're talking about God the creator of all things and we need to hear these things because this is what he said. 
So instead of having a hard time receiving these things because we have a hard time believing these things because we ain't trying to hear these things, we need to lean in and listen. And put it to the test. Open your Bibles, man, and put it to the test and start praying, not just reading, but praying the words of your Bible back to him and allowing him to speak to you through his word. Be blown away when he starts talking to you. You see, this life that we're talking about, this is a prayer away. This life is just one prayer away. Either it's a prayer back because you've kind of wandered away from it, or it's a prayer into this life. Because when we pray to God, led by the Spirit of God, our prayers are the will of God. 2,000 years ago, the apostle Peter, all right, just after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just after he had come and spoken to the disciples and many other people, right after he ascended back into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit for the grand opening of the church. You can read about it in Acts chapter 1 and 2. And, and, and as the Holy Spirit came upon Peter and the apostles and 120 other men and women, his people came and asked, what's going on? He got up and preached this first sermon of the, of the church, to the church. And he shared about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the importance of receiving Christ. And when people heard this word, they're like, what do we do about that? What do we do, man? They were cut to their heart, the scriptures say. And Peter said this, he said to them, man, Repent. Receive the forgiveness. Recognize, all right? Repent, man. Just, you know, a repentance is this, man. Is is that my mind is changed over my sin. My heart is broken over my sin, and my hands are going to prove it because I'm no longer going to reach for that sin. That's repentance. It's receiving the forgiveness that God gives you, that Christ paid for, the blood of Christ paid for on the cross. He says, repent inward, and then be baptized outward, man. Let the family know you're here. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and look what he says, and you will, not you might, or you could, or you will check and see, all right, but you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This life is just a prayer away or a prayer back, or prayer into, one prayer away. I want to challenge you to that prayer. And it's a daily prayer, so here's what I want you to do. Every day, I want you to pray. Thank you, and this is a prayer I will tell, I'm going to be telling you this for years. I've been telling you this for a few years now, this prayer. I'm going to challenge you to thank you for the cross and the resurrection. Remember the first prayer that God wants to hear. He wants to know. He wants you to know that you know. Thank you for the cross and the resurrection. I'm yours. I'm all yours, God. I'm all yours. And remember what he said? How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Look at the next one. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And then finally... Help me see what you see. Help me see what you see. One prayer away, man. Praise the Lord. Amen.